Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, let's have us a helping us some tech gumbo. As always. Start off with a bit of a follow-up from a story a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about space junk, and the Army was basically putting out an RFP. Hey, if you got an idea how to get rid of some of the space junk, let us know. Well, a very prominent business person thinks he has a way. Yeah. Steve Wozniak of Apple fame is going to be CEO of a new private venture called Privateer. And the idea is... They want to help get rid of space junk. The story starts off by saying, look, Wozniak's not in it for the money. Obviously not. The guy's got more money than the next 10 generations of his family will be able to spend. He's worried, though, about the long-term future of what's out there. And are we going to be able to put rockets up in the future and, and all those things? So he's come up with a company that will try and get rid of some space junk. Right. So he's partnering with a Ph.D. professor at University of Texas who does a lot of orbital mechanics research. And the, the reason this pairing works so well is this professor Morba Ja at the University of Texas had his own similar conclusions that we need to be doing more about this problem. But he realized that he couldn't you know, solve this problem from academia. And so he was looking for investors. He was looking for someone who shared his vision. And that's how we met Wozniak, and they are now working together for this company, Privateer, to better track all of the space junk that's out there and, and help collision detection and trying to make sure we don't end up with the problem where it's just too much junk floating around to do anything meaningful. Wozniak was quoted as saying, we're at a clear inflection point and in facing exponential growth of space communications, having a better Global understanding of what's already up in space is critical to powering the new space economy. Because right now we also have a lot of satellites to do other things. You have the GPS satellites, you have satellites which measure weather, you have uh, satellites which take all kinds of pictures. And 
each one of these is really important in ways that might not be immediately obvious. But if they stopped working tomorrow, you would know. This new company, Privateer, they're going to try to come up with some big ideas. And the idea is to dream big, is what Ja was saying, and ways to help humanity and get some of the junk out of space. Hopefully they're right. And not to be left out of a story ever, Elon Musk and SpaceX was very quick to, not in the same story, but on the same day that Wozniak's article appeared, SpaceX said, but hey, none of our stuff is ever going to be space junk. Yeah, that one, okay. They they do make some very good points about their collision detection uh, and collision avoidance systems and how that they have been rated by NASA. NASA said that they uh, are highly trusted to not have collision with NASA products, which is important. But I, whenever I think about the problems of space junk, it's not necessarily that we have whole satellites running into whole other satellites. It's you have a piece of something. You have a chunk of something. You have a stray comet which flies in unexpectedly and knocks the first one which sets off a chain reaction. And that's much harder to deal with. And so whenever Starlink's saying, oh, the, if there is a probability of one in a hundred thousand, we're gonna start taking measures to avoid it. Well, that works great at a certain scale, but whenever you're traveling around at 17,000 miles an hour, it only takes a golf ball to blow everything to smithereens. Yeah, one one large nut that came apart and is flying around and hits anything. I'm sure those Starlink satellites are very good at their collision detection of other satellites. How good are they at tracking a two inch by two inch piece of metal that is coming flying at it? At, you know, can it really just dodge? Oh, oh look at that! It almost got me. Yeah, as the running back it, hitting the juke button there. Uh, like, yeah. okay, how how good are you really here? As you pointed out very eloquently, space is big. And so there's a lot of room out there. But if you're telling me it's one in 100,000, okay, that's not the odds. If you want to tell me it's one in a billion, now I'm interested in your number. I'm frightened by one in 100,000. That's, that's not a big enough number, especially when Starlink wants to put up 30,000 satellites. Yeah, and I think it's also, the good news is we're still early in this. This is the type of thing wherever, okay, there's there's not that much up there yet. And so it's really important that we get in there early, that we're able to put in all these preventative measures. We're able to build an understanding. We're able to put in regulations, a framework for how to operate, all these sorts of kind of boring regulatory things. We, if we do this early enough, this won't become a problem. It can stay functioning. We never get to the Kessler syndrome wherever it's just a giant debris cloud above us. We do have whole satellites which you know are able to duck and weave. That's the goal. And so it's really important that we do take these advanced steps. And the people at Starlink, I'm sure they're brilliant. I'm sure they're working very hard, but it's it's just important to have some humility about all of this. We will continue on the show as we have for quite some time now, talk about Starlink and we'll keep an eye looking up 
let you know what's going on up there. So keep listening. Another topic we like to take some shots at is Instagram. They're punching bag of the week. They have come out and said that there's just not enough people using iPads for us to make a dedicated Instagram app on the iPad. Which just kind of sounds like, okay, Instagram is saying there's not enough iPads out there for us to do anything. Or is it that there's not enough people using their iPads on Instagram to warrant any kind of work from Instagram or for Instagram? Yeah, my guess is that one, Instagram has all of those metrics. You can tell what device is accessing your server. And so they know the exact number of people who have ever logged in from an iPad to Instagram. And so they could tell you, look, our our traffic is below 1% or, you know, maybe it's less than that. Yeah, we're not going to create a whole nother platform. That's so much extra work to do. It's I, I get this, especially because a lot of people who are using Instagram are young people who are on their phones, who are moving around, who aren't stationary. Yeah, the the iPad just doesn't make sense for me. If you're going to tell me it's the New York Times reader, all right, I'm putting the New York Times reader on an iPad, but I'm not putting Instagram on an iPad. I think that Instagram's in enough trouble. I The fact that they're jumping out there and drawing their attention that saying we're not going to do anything on iPad I think that just uh, it's a bigger red flag for a bigger issue. I agree. I think that it's Instagram is really trying to figure out what its future is right now. They they aren't certain as to what they're going to be in five years or 10 years time, if they're going to be in five years or 10 years time. Or and so, year. yeah, they, they don't have the, the spare resources to just go make a whole nother version of the app especially the article that we found said that there were 51 million iPads shipped last year in 2021. But how many of those iPads were for residential use or for entertainment use versus how many of those iPads are point of sale or in a warehouse or a a business product versus sitting in a living room? So when you're not using the iPad to go to your Instagram because it is a point of sale device when you're buying a cheeseburger or whatever that those devices can never go to Instagram. They can't go to anything other than, you know, that point of sale stuff or or whatever that that inventory reader walking through the warehouse is. Yeah, this makes total sense to me. Yeah. The article that we read was was kind of skeptical of this. But honestly, I, I, I'm going to guess that Instagram knows these numbers and has run the calculations and they're probably right Moving on to a story that we are kind of impressed with that deals with Apple, and it's the Apple Watch is being used at Volvo dealerships that are working on cars, and it's really pretty cool. It is replacing the the smart pad. It's being shrunk down because if you think about a mechanic, their hands are greasy, their hands are dirty, you got the engine fluid and all these different things going on. But you still need some data readily available to you. Well, you just turn your wrist over and you're able to see, oh, you know, customer's name is blank and it's right there. And you can design something to have the most critical pieces of information like that available to you on your wrist. So this is being used right now in Sweden and 
they're just test piloting there. So no, you can't go download the app for your phone or your watch or anything because it's not available. But in Sweden and soon to be in Norway as well, you pull your, your Volvo into the service center and immediately the technician is sent a notification to their wrist and they go and they greet you and they say, hi, Mr. Davis, thanks for showing up with your Volvo here. Waiting room's over there. I'll take your car back. As the, as the process is going along, when you've got about 40% of the job done, you can notify the user, the, the, the owner of the Volvo, hey, you know, I'm your technician and we're, things are going great and we'll be done in about 20 minutes or whatever time frame you can give, you can give the customer updates just by rolling your wrist over. And if you're really dirty, if you have to touch the screen, they can talk about how you can just use your nose and touch the screen to get it activated. I guess they're not wanting to tie Siri into this for, for whatever reason just yet. But yeah, this is really cool that the technician doesn't have to go yell at the guy who's in the glass booth at the service door. You're just bypassing that that middleman. Right, because they also mentioned that there was a lot of paper that had to be printed out too. And you now having to print out a whole lot less paper because it's all digital transactions and it, you see this type of uh, digitization in a lot of other industries, but because mechanics were so uniquely having their hands full and or dirty, you don't want to put an iPad in their hands. That's what this solution of having it on your wrist solved is that you could be voice activated. You could hit it with your nose or something like that. You can make use of it in other ways, especially if the app is designed well for the mechanics in mind placing exactly what they need in front of them, you're actually starting to make some progress here. And this is the first time that I've seen an Apple Watch app and been like, oh, I get it now. I'd, I'd seen the health things before and that was all cool and nice. But this is the first time that I've actually seen the use case for it, the real business case for it. Yeah, so so good on Apple and, and the Apple Watch and, and Volvo for, for jumping out there to be the test case. We wanted to talk also about Whole Foods. They have now opened the first store with Amazon's Just Walkout technology. You know, we've talked about in the past how there's, there's Amazon stores that you just put stuff in your basket and you walk all right on out the door because it's got all the ARFID tags on it and you walk past the scanners and it hits your credit card. Well, that was Amazon stores. This is now a Whole Foods doing it. Right. It is important to note that Amazon owns Whole Foods, but we are seeing this technology grow and expand. And it's something that we've been talking about this idea for a couple of years now, but Amazon is getting more comfortable with it. They're working out all the kinks, working out all the bugs, and you know, you start to see it grow. And that all of a sudden you're not even doing self-checkout. There's just no checkout. And so this is, this is a, a step forward. It'll be really interesting to see how many more places they open up they have one more slated to open up in 2022 somewhere out in southern california but you know how much longer before baton rouge gets their own at the whole foods this is is a pretty cool technology and you know then the next question is who's the next company that employs it is this the amazon because they host aws because they have their logistics and their their warehouses they're uniquely suited to implement this or does a competitor arise does microsoft try their hand at a product like this as well so if you're in the washington dc glover park area go run by whole foods check it out 
then come to techgumbo.net and let us know what, what it's like. Give us some feedback. That'd be kind of cool to hear about. Absolutely. The last story we want to talk about in this segment is the EV charging network that's going to be across the interstate highway system. With the infrastructure bill that passed last year, there's a lot of money set aside to help build EV charging stations. And this is a really important portion of the electric vehicle rollout is being able to have charging stations and fast chargers along highways. Because right now, if you live in an urban or suburban area, most of the time your vehicle will just charge at your house overnight. But if you're making that trip, you know, across the country or you're driving from Baton Rouge to Houston, Baton Rouge to Shreveport, and you're outside of that 300 to 400 mile range, you need that middle charger in order to get you to that next leap. And so this is what the that problem that this technology is trying to solve here. The $5 billion that was put into the, the Biden administration's plan is a good start. It's not going to solve all the problems. It's, it's, it's a good start. But you're also really, really dependent upon, number one, batteries, availability of batteries, cars that are electric. You need a lot more of those to justify the spend. And until there's more people who have bought more cars that are electric vehicles, until the prices come down because there's more batteries, it's this is kind of a chicken and an egg thing. And it it's difficult. You're, you're very much right that it's kind of everyone's waiting to see who's going to make the first move. And this is actually part of where government can make good moves is that because they don't necessarily require a return on their investment in the near time frame, they can say, OK, we're going to go put this infrastructure out there because we know it's coming. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It can be five years or 10 years from now, but there will be a demand for this. And so we can you know, go out and we can help develop the battery technology. We can help develop the charging stations. We can help put in all of the, the power lines because having enough power and having the outlets at those stations, which are strong enough to support this amount of charge, all of that is technology, which you're not just plugging into a normal wall. This has to be designed specifically for that. This is something that we're going to have to be out in front of, and we're going to need to do a lot of work in order to make this happen. There's a lot of people who are saying, oh, our fleet will be electrified by 2030, and that's good. We need to be hitting those benchmarks, but there's a lot of work like this which needs to happen in order to make it there. This is basically the government putting the carrot on the end of the stick to get somebody to move. Exactly. Because in, until the government puts this out there and says, this is why we're taking the first step so you don't have to. Now, OK, hey, maybe buying that electric vehicle is not as much of a reach anymore. Right, because otherwise you were dependent upon a company like Tesla who could both make the car and the charging station. They were the only game in town. And so providing just more money for other people to go out there and reduce that barrier to entry. Now you start to see more stations popping up and you start to see more people who say, all right, 
I can make this happen. I can go out and buy the car. The more cars, the more demand for the infrastructure. And so you you get this positive feedback loop. That is the goal behind this project here. And let's just hope they also come up with some standardizations on those electric plugs so that yes. everyone has the same thing. Like when you go to a gas station now. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And speaking of a lot of work that needs to be done, we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.